0: is the year this is the year of getting it together and doing what you do best hustling taking care of business and taking care of your community join us for jmt media's podcast where we interview everyone from the community to small businesses to elected officials who are changing policy that matters for our community Hey, y'all. Welcome to another segment. Today is hashtag family Friday. We are here at Venom. Many of you know that some of the restrictions have been lifted this morning. Things got extended to June 13th. So we are doing this socially responsible and distant. So hence, I'm out here and he's inside. Um, So I am sitting in the beautiful backyard of Venom um, here in the Stapleton area of Staten Island on the North Shore. Um, Massimo, I'm going to bring him on, but I just wanted to give y'all just a little bit of background about this amazing businessman, chef, community advocate. Um, The first thing he said when he saw me was like, why are you dressed up? Well, today was supposed to have been the Staten Island Museum's Gala, and so in kind of support of what's happening, I got dressed up today. I wore this dress two years ago. I feel like I'm in an award ceremony. I wore this dress two years ago at the Snug Harbor Neptune Bowl, and I've never worn the dress since. So today I'm wearing it in support of the Staten Island Museum Gala, um, but without further ado, I'm going to bring on my friend, Mas. Are you there, honey?
1: good morning
0: <laughs> good morning oh my gosh oh thank you so much Ramon. so thank you so much for joining us i know that you had another segment this morning so talk to us about that while uh, i drink my
1: i just being a little late yeah well i really ran down here no um well we put together i say we because a bunch of our uh, restaurants in the area which were all friendly with each other mm-hmm. believe it or not um we put together a new website. Uh, the website is called, um, eat downtown SI. Yep. Um, basically yeah. what it oh, yeah. is that, yeah. Um, we put a, a bunch of us got together. We created a website and obviously we're adding more restaurants as we go along. Cause this thing was just put up maybe about a couple of weeks ago. So the customer will go on our website and you'll see right now about a dozen of us on there. And you can view, um, a little story about each individual restaurant our menus our specials our cocktails basically all from one side and um, and we're trying to do obviously when everything is lifted we're gonna try to do more things together but at the moment uh, like I said there's a bunch There's a bunch of us we're yeah. doing little videos uh, I'm going around with a couple of guys doing videos of each restaurant highlighting what they do so I did a couple of videos of some recipes Um, A couple other guys are doing videos of their recipes, their cocktails. But this morning, that's why I was late, Jacqueline.
0: (laughs) I was actually uh, hanging
1: out with Sean at Craft House because today, twice a week, he does the batch. He brews his beer. Yeah. So we went in there and started talking to him a little bit about what he does. And obviously, you know, it's not just about restaurants. In this case, he has a restaurant, but he has a brewery on the North Shore. So we took a video of them. Making the batch of the beer, and we're going to add that to our website as well, along with everything else uh, that it's on there. So that's that's my that's my excuse.
0: No, I appreciate it. I'm actually on your website right now, um, the Eat Downtown Staten Island. I really love it. Uh, You know, I love entrepreneurs that, and it's hard to say this. Like, I feel like if you've never ran a business, it's hard to provide expertise to give people. Um, any advice on businesses. So I think it's really fantastic that you connected with the different restaurants. I see on there separate other restaurants that are in this district. So this is a fantastic website. Um, Thank you.
1: I mean, there's actually a few more that already, uh, so that already uh, signed up, but they're not must, loaded up yet.
0: Yes. No, I love that you've connected with the other businesses in the district and in the neighborhood and you're supporting them and vice versa. But let's talk a little bit about Venom, because you've been pioneering a lot of these new initiatives. I mean, to the point that, what do they say? Copying is the sincerest form of flattery. Like, you've had a lot of people jump on the bandwagon, which is great. Um, So can you talk a little bit about your wine, um, your pairing that you had, and then the new one that's coming up?
1: Uh, Obviously, you know, the name Venom uh, means... um vino wine in latin so we uh, our emphasis is obviously as a wine bar uh initially we opened up as a wine bar with a lot of tapas so we emphasize mainly on cured meats and cheeses i have more cured meats than any salamaria out there we have you know aside from your regular good san daniele prosciutto we have wild boar prosciutto we have duck prosciutto we have elk and venison salamis we have a lot of different stuff as far as cured meats and cheeses cheeses from all over the country and all over the world as well but then we started building into a full-blown restaurant, and that's where we are right now. But at the essence, we're a wine bar. So we, we push the envelope, try to bring wine to the neighborhood, uh, new wines, different style of grapes, you know, um, not just your usual, nothing against Pinot Grigios and Chiantis, but obviously those are still a major part of our wine list. But it's so much out there that it, it's incredible. So we try to touch it a little bit more. And bring it more to our neighborhood and in tasting. And people are really hungry for it. I mean, people come in and they, you know, well, they used to come in uh, and say, oh, you know, I want something, I want something to drink different. I say, oh, well, what do you drink usually? They'll tell me what they drink usually, and I'll totally give them something that they never had before, but it stays on that style of palate. And they're they're happy about it. Because you're not going to walk into a wine store or even a restaurant and spend 40 50 $80 on a bottle of wine that you don't know about. It's You don't want to get stuck with it. But a glass of wine, we have 30 different types of gla- of wine by the glass. So it gives you a big uh, playing field to play on. So we did wine tastings paired with, with food since basically the first month that we opened. So now it's all a little bit over two and a half years. Obviously with this uh, you know, the new norm that we live in now – those wine tastings that I had set up got canceled. Um, my, wine, uh, my wine, my uh, beverage manager, sommelier, uh, Roberto, he goes, listen, why don't we try something different? Why don't we, uh, I don't know, you're doing videos about recipes, right? Why don't we don't do videos about wine tastings? So we went and gave it a shot to our first wine tasting, which was a few weeks back. And we did it on Zoom because that's where I saw everybody on. So let's try it on Zoom. My devoted customers that come to my wine tasting all the time, they don't even care what I'm serving, they just come. They're the first. That's right. They're, they're my guinea pigs, basically. And because I didn't know how it was going to go. So we did a four course meal uh, delivered to each individual house with, uh, we bottled the wine in small little individual sealed bottles with descriptions and everything. And the beauty about it, not ask me how, but I was able to convince the actual winemaker in Italy. Siena in the hills of Tuscany to sit down for the Zoom tasting. Started at seven o'clock our time, one o'clock his time, and he did an introductory of the winery and the wines for about 20 minutes, which I was,
0: That's been- yeah,
1: it, it, was, it was an awesome uh, thing to uh, have that because this is not a little simple winery we're talking about. These are pretty big, yeah. uh, you know, companies, you know, so they were very happy to do that. And now you we know- have actually a few more coming, coming up now, and uh, we're already booked up for the next two, which is great. That's
0: awesome. So a couple of things for our viewers back at home. Um, We're showing an article that Pam Silvestri, the food editor of the Advance, wrote since, again, you guys were pioneering this, that you were taking on the reservations during this pandemic. Unfortunately, Pam was unable to join us today, Um, so we'll have to have her joining us for our, hopefully, our next wine pairing. Pam has been a
1: a huge supporter of First of all oh, the yes. restaurant industry period. I mean, what she does nine o'clock in the morning, every single day, even on a Sunday, it's it goes beyond her job Put it that actually so that's what I think. And many of us think yeah. that. And uh, she's been great to us, obviously, and uh, especially now she's uh, I mean she's uh, the only voice out there sincerely, I mean and yourself, but as far as a newspaper is concerned, to push people to come to the restaurants and order and support mm-hmm. us, She's been really the only voice. I've heard nothing else. I don't, you haven't heard anything from Manhattan. I mean, nothing Manhattan, but from big newspapers and what have you. Yeah, none of my now at least. You know, so she's been really big with us, and uh, obviously, I think we all appreciate it.
0: Yeah, you know, Pam is an amazing spirit. She has, you know, when the pandemic first hit, um, I was looking to her as a resource of which restaurants are open because everybody wants to support. I I was was like, where do I I I go?
1: I was saying, I don't want to eat Italian food tonight. Where should I go? And she's like, you know, texting me at eight o'clock at night, you know? (laughs) So,
0: Pam's awesome. You know, tonight she's going to be on uh, COVID conversations with Anthony Rappaculo. She's going to be talking about restaurants. Um, So we're excited to see and hear about that. Um, We actually just got a comment in from Carol, the executive director for the Staten Island Pride Center said the wine pairing dinner was awesome. Thank I'm you. On website and I'm checking out the menus. I'm super pumped and excited. So let's talk a little bit about some of the wines because you guys, um, let's talk about this one right here, honey. That's a little
1: something just for you for just you know,
0: yeah, I mean, Friday
1: Friday early uh, early lunch time going.
0: I mean, look, we went straight from coffee to wine. So
1: listen to I- me. Listen to me, Jack. Listen to me. I know it's only 11.20 here, but it's actually 5.20 in Italy. So just think that right now you're in a a nice little garden in Italy at 5 o'clock in the afternoon having a little Pinot Noir.
0: I love it. Well, this is called Sepia Reserva, Pinot Noir 2018. Can you talk a little bit about this uh, wine from Chile?
1: That's actually one of our wines by the glass, and we've been very popular with that. I rotate a lot of my wines well, I used to rotate a lot of my wines. Obviously, now it's different different uh, demographics. I mean, right now, um, we're mainly doing, obviously, like everybody else, delivering a pickup. Uh, we offer some wines for pickup at a low budget cost, you know, $15, $18. I've lowered my prices, my prices dramatically, uh, especially also on my food. I have my full-blown menu, which yeah. is still yeah. available, and we offer a 10% discount. Why? Because, obviously, part of the cost – Of that all restaurants put on their dishes is because you're eating here, in house. You're paying for everything around you. You're paying for the tablecloth. You pay for the napkin. You pay for everything else. Now it's a delivery part, so you don't get that. You know you can't get that delivered to you. You don't have the atmosphere that surrounds the food, which is a big, big part of you going out for dinner, or else you just sit at home every single day. So that's gone. So everybody's offering incentives like myself and everybody else, towards the food uh, pricing. Then we all have packages. I got mine. I mean, I have a package right now for $59, which is ample food, and I'm sure a lot of my customers know that. Um, Why do we do that? How long can a customer come to and order food from my menu on a daily basis when the majority of the people are not working and they're still sustaining their lifestyle to somewhat, and their household with whatever they're getting from the government and what have you. Not everybody has reserves, and not everybody is able to live on whatever the, you know, the compensation the government is giving you.
0: Yeah. So yeah. we
1: got to bring our prices down because at least what it is. Let me see. There's two of you at home. You're gonna go to a supermarket. You're gonna purchase the meal for two people. Sometimes I remember when I was home just with just my wife, it cost you more to go shopping for two people and cook. But then you have all these little leftovers. And so we're trying to provide a meal for two that will pretty much cost you the same or close to it for you to go out and purchase it outside. You know, and you still have something cooked for your home. Also because you're cooking at home every single day, two or three times a day. If you got kids, even more. So you need at least like one meal a day or one meal every two days that is cooked for somebody else. And and that's the price.
0: When the pandemic hit you were the first person i called to order a tray of meatballs
1: yes
0: (laughs) because i was like i got things shutting down so i ordered a tray of meatballs from you um but earlier this week so earlier this week um city council has um passed a new law um in regards to uber eats grubhub drivers and the fees which is going to be supporting restaurants like yourselves. So how do you feel about that, Mas, like with the new, the price decrease or the percentage? I think it went from like 30%, and I could be incorrect, Uh, I could be wrong, I think it's like 10% now or 5%. So how do you Uh, you feel about that I I was looking
1: at it the other day, obviously we've all been looking at it uh, since this thing started, uh, because, you know, obviously before, look, many of us had delivery, business already set up, and we would, they were doing that already to begin with. I, for one, in all my restaurants, were not really set up for that. We did a little bit. We didn't concentrate on it. We were busy with the dining in and out, so it was a hassle for us to do that. Uh, we didn't have the drivers and what have you. And now all of us, little by little, we're adjusting better and better. I remember the first few weeks, I had my issues, all this packaging and and so forth, and now we got thrown into this new business uh which is a whole different animal to do this and i think everybody now is starting to adjust to it some of us have had issues myself neighbors of mine doing certain holidays that got bombarded and we did not know what to expect because we're not we were not seasoned at it um and we were relying on Grubhub and other delivery apps, which people love, but most people do not or did not know, now they do, that we were giving up 30% of our profits. So now, just to let you know, the majority of restaurants, the majority, the average profit margin on a restaurant goes in Manhattan as low as six to ten percent if you're lucky. Here we might be between eight and 12%, 8 and fourteen. That is it. So why do we do it? Because a lot of a lot of those expenses. Out of the 30% already paid for, they're they they're maintained out of here. So in the delivery part of it, your only real expense you're looking at is really just the driver and the 30 or 32 or 35% food cost that you may have. Maybe lower, you know, if you know you don't. Yeah. But we don't have that in here anymore. There's nothing in here anymore now to subsidize all the expenses. Now it's all out of delivery. And at 30%, it's it's a killer. That's why we're all getting together and trying to push of people ordering from us. Or we tried a lot of us. there's advocates that we that we know and you know that support the restaurants that went out to try to fight this. Uh, Andrew Reggie is one of them about you know lowering it, making it feasible for us. It is thirty percent with Uber's drivers, twenty percent if you use your own driver, twenty percent uh, if you, you could go as low as. 15, but it puts you such a butt on the line that it's you get no advertising. Yeah. I think now the percentage goes down to I think 10 and 15 with a driver, something of the kind, which I could live with that. We can live with that. It's it's a fair amount, especially now that I mean, come on, Grubhub, they came out with a new, that a, a little uh, tag for them of a new name with their logo changed into shameless because. I mean, come on! It's all delivery now. You got to help us out. So thank God we—you know—it looks like that. This is going to go through, and everybody's going to be ecstatic about this uh, for sure. It's going to help us a great deal because listen to me. No matter now, the thing is June 15, correct? That's the last thing we heard. Obviously, I heard June 4 first. Mm-hmm. Now June 15, two weeks from now, maybe we're going to hear June 30th. We don't know. And realistically, the real issue is that even when they lift this ban, there's going to be some. Hardcore guys that are going to come to my restaurant and all the restaurants and sit down and all that, but the restrictions are going to be crazy on us. The restrictions yeah, yeah. are going to be crazy, not just the gloves and the mouth and the and the, and and the the headpiece and the guards and disinfectants and all that. The six feet apart. When we're packing our restaurants, we're doing a ten percent profit margin. Now you're going to say we're going to do it at fifty percent. And they want us to use this PPP program to hire all the staff back, to use the money towards payroll. Where are you gonna hire all these people if you're not doing the business? Now here's the other issue. Yeah. People do not wanna come back to work because they're collecting more money, some of them, especially in this business. They're collecting more money from unemployment because of the $600 extra on top of their regular to stay home instead of coming back. So they I've had this issue already. You know,
0: you're, yeah, I was going to say, um, this morning. So every morning I, I get a little debrief from the New York times and city and state. And they were talking about that. Even if the restrictions were lifted, there's so many, um, staff and employees, you know, we had an interview with Maria from piece of cake, um, and, uh, Brandon Patterson's online town hall. And that was exactly what she was talking about with him. And, um, you know, those are some of the issues that I think small businesses are going to have to deal with when the restrictions are lifted, when the phases start rolling out. Um, uh, You know, unfortunately, I wish I had all the answers to that one, that conundrum, but I I
1: believe is this. Look, this hit us so hard in a way that unprecedented, correct? So look, I think the government obviously... Everybody in City Hall, they really don't know how is it going to go. They're looking at other countries, what they're doing, to see if maybe it's going to go the same way here and try to follow some sort of a similar pattern. But every country is going to be different. Every infrastructure is different. Italy got hit really, really, really hard. You know, my cousins yeah. there, I called them up and so forth. It got hard because the, our infrastructure there was not as strong and as here. So you can't really look at what they did compared mm. to us. But this PPP moment that came out – I am happy about the fact that, look, no matter what you may want to say, look, everybody's got to be happy with the fact that the government came out real quick, give everybody $1,200, $500 for every kid, $600 on top of whatever you're getting on unemployment. That's a lot of money. You know what I'm saying? Going around the whole country. Yes, it's hard. Some people are still haven't collected. But when you do collect, I had one of my waiters finally collected last week. He collected yeah. retro from all the way behind. Got a nice little debit card with all the money. So here it is. The guidelines behind it are unrealistic for the restaurant business. Why they're unrealistic? Because I I think because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And they're trying to – they brought on some restaurant advisors on to really divide the the guidelines between a regular industry and the restaurant business. It's true. I could call two of my waiters tomorrow if we're open and tell them they got to come back to work they can say, no, I prefer to stay on unemployment. Then my choice is I would have to write a letter telling the board that they refuse the job back. Yeah, so now when they get that letter, they'll be, they'll get cut off out of unemployment. So they come back to work. Right? So that's easy. Now I'm going to have people that are going to be upset that they came back to work, that they're making less money than they we're doing at home. So now you say, well, that's just the way it is. Yes. But now I have people working for me in the industry Serving my customers or talking to my customers that I'm not happy to be here. You, you follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when is $600 yeah. going to be over? I it's going to be it. sometimes in July. I believe the second week of July. When that's over and it goes to regular unemployment, that's when you'll have a bit of leverage of bringing people back. But even when you do, again, 50% capacity is going to kill the majority of the restaurants in this city. 100% yeah. Some of the ones who well, were struggling yeah. before, they're not going to survive this. Exactly. So they, they're not.
0: I mean, here's the interesting part, Mars, as we, we wrap up this, this segment. So a couple things. You know, Staten Island as a whole, um, the small business sector is one of the leading sectors aside from the healthcare industry and the nonprofit sector here so with the new mayor's announcements of the who's who sitting on the advisory council i really hope that people in power um really advocate and speak on behalf of staten island right um because when the first initial announcement came out i think there was only like one or two staten island representatives and now there's a whole slew which i'm excited about because different people from business organizations to small businesses So I'm hoping that with this new advisory council that the mayor put together, that they get to really speak on behalf of the Staten Island small business community, because there's so many businesses. um, And I apologize, y'all, because we are sitting outside. So there is um, police officers driving up and down uh, the neighborhood but to protect us. But, you know, I really am hopeful that these uh, business owners and organizations that are sitting on the mayor's advisory council, that they're really speaking up on behalf of Staten Island. Because at the end of the day, when people talk about the unfor- the forgotten borough, if you don't speak up, what is my mom, my mom used to say this all the time, when you would get in trouble, she would say, it's your own damn fault. You know, just really talking about what Massimo and expanding on what Massimo is saying is, you know, it's really important that the folks that are sitting on the advisory council are representing small businesses, um, as well as families and communities here on Staten Island and the one thing that I see constantly, and this is even through Christine Garlici's Love, Staten Island, is really connecting the small businesses, connecting the community, unifying everyone, because at the end of the day, we are all in this together. Um, I'm going to see if Moss can chime back in so we can conclude our segment here. Moss, are you there? Oh, um, yeah. man. Hey, Moss. So we well, I, I love what
1: you just said. The, the one thing, though, through. the one thing, yes, on the board, in the mayor's board, in the city, whatever, I wish they would just bring some representatives to advise them from our industry. Not a, not politicians that try to represent our industry because it's great to try to represent us, but they have no clue about our, our industry unless you lived our industry.
0: Yeah. you understand it.
1: Remember restaurant business, it's a business, but it's restaurant business. It's not run like a regular other businesses. There's a lot of different yeah. dynamics in it. And that's what they call it. It's not business. It's restaurant business. So
0: and, let politicians, me ask you. and
1: politicians should help Staten Island just because they want to help Staten Island because it's their home, not because they're trying to get more votes out of us. You understand? Well, and a lot of them, well, unfortunately, they come out or they try to thrive only because they're trying to get votes. Really actually yeah. help us out. That, that will be uh, a lot more helpful.
0: So you know um, we just well, have a, a question. We got a question from uh, Jennifer San Martino Mallon. What should government do to help? And I think you hit the nail on the head. Having representation from restaurant businesses speaking on y'all's behalf.
1: Yes, absolutely. And that's the reason why a lot of times they make the mistakes they do. Maybe they have great intentions. I'm sure some of them, not all of them, but, you know, it is what it is. But they don't know what exactly it means to run a restaurant and what we lose. The one thing that's going to come out of this uh, mess that we have is that maybe now they're realizing, government is realizing, that the infrastructure that we carry, the restaurants, bars, hotels, the food industry, how big we carry the city. Instead of hammering in us, the city, the first thing they do is hammer us. From summonses, the health department, the fire department, they come down and they just ask of us ridiculous amounts of, you know, requests and restrictions. They don't make it easy for us. They definitely don't. Yes, we got to pay what we got to pay, but make it easy for us to follow these things. Instead, they just come down on us as if we have all this money. We're making so much money that, sure, let's hit the restaurants for more. Now they realize that, I think some of them, that we go down, the inf- that what we carry around us, we affect everybody. My meat guy, my fish guy, my vegetable guy, my yeah. grocery guy, my wine guy. These guys, yeah, they're still selling to supermarkets. It's a small fraction of what the supermarkets and what have you are getting from these people. Even in, in the liquor business, We are the ones that carry these people. I have a my fish guy. He's pretty big. He says seventy percent of his business is gone because we are pretty much shut down. So it's a trickle effect, and we're causing that. So if you let us go down, you're going to realize it's going to take a long time to get back on on your feet. So when this reopens, they should just have an advisory advisory board from the restaurant business to advise them of what those restrictions are, make it suitable. I saw in Europe, a friend of mine owns a restaurant in Italy, they want six feet apart, and they want six feet apart for the waiter to serve the table. So they're coming out with, I'm serious, they're coming out with big long pieces of wood, they put the plate on it, and they reach out to the table. How are you gonna clean that table? I mean, that's just crazy. Whoever came up with that, has absolutely no clue. He's probably been living under a cave or somewhere. So the restrictions, they have to make sense. Because I'll tell you right now, if the restrictions don't make sense when they open up, me and a few other guys that I know, we said, we're not going to open. We're going to keep it as a delivery and a pickup food and not deal with people coming in, sitting down. Because you're yeah. just going to, you know what? Because that's going to affect our delivery business If you have trickle people coming in and you got all these crazy restrictions, which we're going to be hard for us to comply with, it's going to be hard. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, you know, what we're going to do is cause we're going to wrap up um, this segment. Mas, I appreciate you allowing me to come to your beautiful space, your beautiful backyard. I love
1: it. Thank you.
0: Yes. No. And I think I love the ideas of, you know, advisory council. I know I, um, spoke with the Chamber of Commerce because several minority women businesses have closed, um, uh, especially around the Stapleton neighborhood. And so, as a suggestion, I said the same thing: we should probably have an MWBE like advisory council. And again, you are on the same sentiments as I am. Having a restaurant business council to really advise people, so the ones that are sitting at the table are representing us well. So. I appreciate you. And I want to commend you for really um, Dana Walker Boyd, who was on our show earlier this week. She said something so profound and it made me think about you this morning. She said, um, when all of this was happening, you have to pivot and you have to produce. And you, sir, were very clear with your intentions in pivoting and producing good quality still to the community. And so I commend you for that because you really pioneered and spearheaded a lot of all of those efforts. So I Thank appreciate you. you, you know, and you shifted right now, you're sitting in your restaurant, but it has now been shifted into a store for people right. to come and buy goods, cleaning supplies, etc. A
1: friend of mine tell- calls me up from Italy, he goes, hey, so how you doing? You got three restaurants. How's it going with all those restaurants you have? I said, well, let me ask you by telling you I'm selling Lysol and toilet paper. Along <laughs> on the Does that give you an answer what I'm doing? Listen, we're restaurant, guys. We got to try to do whatever we can to make our business survive. Right now, I've been lucky that we're surviving. Uh, hopefully, if, if it doesn't get any worse, we're going to be fine, and we're going to be here when everything goes back somewhat normal. Uh, I don't think any of us are making money. Many of us are losing money and closing down. By doing all these little every day i think about something new to do yeah uh, some, may, some may work some may not but you gotta try to do something every single day to make work uh bring people you know well not in but to pick up and call you and you absolutely. gotta be relevant that's the biggest part
0: absolutely well again thank you Moss. So i'm gonna put you in the digital green room just hold on one second so again folks, make sure that you visit Venom's websites, place their orders. My fav- my two favorite things are the $59 order because you get like this plethora of food that'll last you for like two days. Um, definitely, they have a wine tasting that's happening May 21st. As far as I know, it's sold out, but they're going to have additional ones. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention to y'all is as everyone is pivoting, so is JMT Media and Community Corner. So, beginning next—oh my gosh! So, we get, I'm feet away. ten feet away, I was like, oh. <laughs> "So, beginning next week, um, we will be doing a series of live pop-ups throughout some of our favorite places on Staten Island." Because again, I didn't want to stay in the mentality of doing the community corner in the office. I really wanted to get out into the community, um, but safely. So, again. For those of you back home today would have been the gala for the staten island museum so i am dressed up i'll be donating to their organization and i encourage you to do so as well um, make sure to be kind be well but more importantly be safe y'all thank you so much and have a wonderful wonderful weekend